Hey, this is Don M. Williams. You are listening to Research Shows Podcast. This episode that you are about to listen to is pre-recorded. You are in an off season. Season three has ended for Research Shows Podcast. And so I am going to play weekly episodes just to have something for you to listen to. And we're going to do this every Sunday at noon until we start our new season, which will be in the spring of 2023. So please stay tuned. And once again, this episode has already been previously recorded. Hello, hello, hello. This is your girl Dawn for Research Shows Podcast. Today is a special episode of My Two Cents. Um, My guest today is Keith A. Washington. He is a Democrat for the 5th Congressional District in the state of Maryland. I said that correct? You certainly did. <laughs> I'm running for that office. Yes. How you doing this evening? Miss Williams, I'm doing fine, doing well, you know, highly favored and blessed. How about yourself? I'm doing great. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, listen. <laughs> All right. So... Just so everybody understands, what made me reach out to Mr. Washington was I'm new to TikTok, but I, um, I happened to catch a viral post that was weird. <laughs> so, yeah, very weird. Very weird. I, and, and me, I don't jump to conclusions a lot of times because I've been in the position where stuff has happened and people automatically believe somebody else who may not be telling the truth so i said let me look this up and his story is quite intriguing (laughs) you know so i want to give you a chance to tell you your story and why is it different you know and basically what this lady was throwing up we'll talk about that later but tell your unique story please like (laughs) listen listen my my story uh is probably everybody's story at one point Mm -hmm. in time in your life right uh when I was 13 years old, uh, if I'm going to tell you my life story, then you'll get perspective of what I am and who I am and what I believe, right? And uh, when I was 13 years old, my father ran off with a, a woman from New Orleans, that's what we said, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we ain't seen them since, right? So uh, my mother and my three sisters and I uh, uh, were abandoned essentially, and I was a, I was the man of the house at 13, right? And so I... Uh, I worked in the morning throwing newspapers and I worked in the evening at Pizza Hut, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was 15, uh, my mother had a nervous breakdown because she couldn't take the stress and the strain anymore. She had a nervous breakdown and had to be committed. So I'm a big mental health advocate, period. And uh, uh, so uh, my sisters went to live with relatives, my grandmother, aunts, and, uh, uncles and whatnot. And uh, I found myself homeless as a 15-year-old. I was in the 10th grade, right? But I was still going to school. I was sleeping in an abandoned car. And going to school, I was a little dirty kid, right? Ashamed and embarrassed. I didn't want my, my, my friends to know I was homeless. And I used to sneak into school at 10 o'clock in the morning, or 7 o'clock in the morning, rather, take a shower in the gym. And the free breakfast program, the free lunch program saved my life in school, right? Mm-hmm. Seriously. That program saved my life because I was hungry and unkept. And uh, and uh, and I learned to walk alone, right? Okay. It strengthened me. It strengthened me. And so anyway, uh, around my 12th grade year, I dropped out because I just couldn't take it anymore. Not because I was a bad kid, because I was just stressed and tired and uh, trying to, uh, um, you know, make something out of my life, make my mother proud. Going to see her at the, at the uh, St. Asylum place, you know. And um, one day I saw two friends of mine walking. I said, hey, where y'all going? They said, man, we're going to join the Army. I said, hey, well, I'm going with you. I had never heard of the Army, never had anyone talk to me about the Army. I jumped up out of that abandoned car. I ran behind them, and 15 minutes later, I had signed up for the army. I was 17 years old, right? Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, the recruiter asked me, he said, uh, do you have a high school diploma? I told him, yeah, but I didn't, right? I didn't. That's how desperate I was for, for an opportunity in my life and to make a change in my current position and status. Long story short, at 18, they sent me to Korea. And while I was in Korea, when I got there, uh, uh, an 18-year-old 18, 18 kid, and uh, uh, first saw now he said, Watson, you're a pretty smart guy. We, we, we looked at your GT score, and uh, you scored pretty good. In fact, you scored in the highest 2% in the Army. And I was a high school dropout, right? So he said, we're going to send you to language school. 
So they sent me to language school to learn for Korean, Hangul uh, Mao. So uh, I spoke Korean fluently. I was 18 years old, 19 years old. And uh, mm -hmm. I used to interpret for my uh, unit, 501st Military Intelligence Group. So I was a, and, and within a year's period, my life had changed dramatically. So right. I spent two years in Korea doing that, and I was sent back. Uh, my tour was over, and I was sent back to Fort Polk, Louisiana, and I got, I was a 21-year-old E-4 at that time. I was specialist for it. I got my diploma, my uh, GED, my GED while I was working out in the Army, and uh, I went on to college from there, night school, and I got my degree, and I became a military officer. Long story short, I retired a lieutenant colonel in the Army from a homeless kid to retiring as a lieutenant colonel after 20 years in the Army, right? Right. And, uh, so I know about opportunities that, uh, you know, our people want and need opportunities. And, uh, you know, you can have ambition and drive and talent, but if you never have an opportunity in life, my um, Angelou called that a dream deferred. Right. And so, and so um, you know, that's what I believe in, right? And so my story is, is not a unique story. And from that perspective, I've done other things in life. You know, I was a deputy director of Homeland Security for Prince George's County. And mm -hmm. I gave hundreds of jobs to our people and uh, funded a lot of programs and uh, ruffled a lot of feathers in doing that, right? Right, I would imagine so. Yeah, because historically African-Americans had been left out. There's no equity and fairness in hiring process and promotion process. There's no equity and fairness in terms of uh, how people were treated on the job. Right. So I was going to change that because I, I didn't have any fear of that or I wasn't uh, afraid to make change because in, in order to do something uh, positive, you have to first actually believe uh, in yourself and be courageous. My Angelou said, hey, the most important quality you could have is courage. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't really take courage to do most things. Just do it. You, you'll get support. And even if you don't, you know, you're doing what's right and what you believe in, and in the end, you, you know, you'll be fine. Right. And so that's what, that's a part of who I am and what I am. And there's a thousand other things I can tell you about, but you know, take up all of your show. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was quite intriguing because I did see that when I looked it up, when I looked you up, and I was like, oh, wow, he was in the military. Yeah, and, yeah, um, you know, yeah, like the airborne uh, paratrooper jumping out of planes in the middle of the night. And, uh, I was an com uh, officer commanding men and women and, and leading troops uh, in America's uh, mis mis misgiving conflicts, I call them. Uh, right. Conflicts that were based on uh, lies and, uh, you know, and people that people died and lost their life, you know, unnecessarily. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a part of that's what's wrong with this country is that people in power have learned to manipulate the system. Yes, absolutely. For their own ends and for the ends of, uh, you know, their benefactors. How do you change that? Is that possible to even change that being um, in politics? Like, how do you even change that? That's a big monster to go up against because even my experience just doing it on the per personal realm, fighting the local system is very difficult. It'll, it'll make you have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I, I understand your concern, and it is possible. I believe it's possible, right? Okay. I believe have men and women of strong character who are fearless, right? You're lying, right? You can do it. You're going to take some losses, right? People are going to vilify you unjustly and unnecessarily, but you lick your wounds and you keep going and don't, right. don't give up. You know, if you don't fight, you can't win. <laughs> yeah, well, I admire you because what you done been through and what I seen in that documentary, I. <laughs> I would have been, honey, I would have been out the country at this given point in time because I'm like, he done dedicated himself to the military and, and uh, law enforcement. And then you sitting there going through, my goodness, <laughs> the whole story. Let me tell you something. When I when we first was listening to the story, because my husband heard of it on the news. And then when we was watching it earlier, and he was like, that was all right. That was all right. And then when you really look at how Georgetown laid out the whole you know how you gotta see evidence in front of you, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? And then the fact that your wife was there, you know, and then you have a, you had a little girl, and then the fact that you have a a career based in supporting this system, and 
they in essence failed you because that's crazy. I mean, they was in your house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't care what right. happened. They right. was in your house. And then if I'm just mistaken, the guy white, is that the one that still survived? The right. one that's right. last right. name is white? Right, right. right. Robert white. It. I have to read that. This was wow. This one, my husband was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> the 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 record we talking from 89 unlawful entry uh uh receiving stolen goods attempted burglary grand larceny uh uh firearm charges stolen goods assault and battery he even got a sexual misconduct charge and and my, it's so much and it's, it's like all, how was he a contractor all, all <laughs> that all that was hid from the jury all of that was hid from the jury by the prosecutor. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm going to say their names. Uh, 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 Glenn Ivey and uh, William Moomau and Joseph Wright. All that was, they lied about the whole case from top to bottom. If you go on the website that Georgetown put up the documentary, and I challenge your viewers to go on there and see that Keith Washington is a 100% innocent man. On that website, Georgetown put up that documentary, one innocentman.org the keith washington story one innocent man spell o-n-e one innocentman.org and you will see what i fought against and what who these people really are and their real motivation in life is that they betrayed their ancestors because <laughs> people you will never know fought marched died went to jail for these people to go to law school and get accepted and they betrayed that, right? And they come into court doing other folks' bidding. Mm. And and it's, I met a lot. Listen, I met a lot of innocent people in prison. You know, of course. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen. America has a criminal justice system that's designed to destabilize the black community. Yeah, Period. because it's 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 based in financial gain. Like, I mean, once you put finances inside a, in my opinion, anything you risk having somebody come in without integrity. So we can go on all day about the 13th Amendment and how that basically abolished, uh, allegedly abolished slavery, except right. for involuntary uh, servitude. So basically, it's a money-making system, and now it's shifting over to minorities, and not just minorities, I'm talking about like Spanish, where you right. um, they they doing the immigrants, and like how they was doing hysterectomies in Georgia, right. uh, like 2020, and these women couldn't do anything about it. I'm just like, this is wow. Now, the reason your story uh, stood out to me where I was like, I had to say something is because I experienced my, uh, I experienced some horrible stuff in the Prince George's County judicial system, right? In that same courthouse as you was in right, right, with right. my son, my son in foster care, my eldest. And a lie was told on me. <laughs> and it was like they made a whole case of it. I didn't know nothing about the criminal justice system. So they was giving me a public defender. I looked crazy. I looked crazy. It's no way nobody should believe me. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, and and right, they right. didn't. And they didn't. So after that happened, I know there was a reason why that happened to me. Because when I hear other people say such and such happened, I'd be like, allegedly. Because right. you don't know. You weren't right. there. And you're jumping on a bandwagon, and that mess is dangerous. And I'm so glad you touched on the ancestor thing. That just touched my soul because this lady that's running against you, I was just like, "Dang, this is a black woman," and you're playing the same game that, excuse my language, that masses playing with the let's throw everybody under the bus, as opposed to saying, "Well, what policies is he? You know what I'm saying? What is he? What is he trying to do for the community?" And it's like automatically, I put on the page. I actually screenshot. I put on her TikTok. Excuse me, if somebody you was in your house and somebody in your in another room they're not supposed to be in, and you not gonna say nothing because I'm uh I'm carrying weapons in my house, so right. <laughs> it's no way somebody gonna be in my house <laughs> in my child's room. It would right. I I totally understand. So to come from uh, understanding from being a parent, I don't understand how anybody couldn't begin to understand that. But like you said. They hid that from the jury. That's oh my god! I'm surprised you lost faith in the system. <laughs> well, well, listen, it's, it's, it's more to it than that. Actually, if mm. you actually go on the website, you will see the names of 33 legal and law enforcement experts, judges, retired judges, 
uh, uh, college professors, law professors, former uh, prosecutors, they all put their name on that site. And they all said, without, uh, independent of each other, that Keith Washington is 100% factually innocent and that the entire case was falsified. My God. If you go on there, their names are on there. College law professors, federal judges, uh, police chiefs, former prosecutors. They all say the same thing. They all reviewed it independently of each other, as well as Georgetown, as well as Georgetown. So what happened is, you know, look, a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth gets its boots on. Yes. And, and so people willing to believe, you know, whatever they're told in our community. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. how much work you've done in our community. When If everybody wants to lie on you, people want to repeat that lie, especially with the media and yep. the government. The media and the government have lied on black people, and it's a common tactic. They vilify. And, and it's effective. It's effective. It's effective. The first, their first option is to always vilify a black man or black woman who's trying to do something to uplift black people. Yep. That's, and that's, it, it, it shouldn't be effective, but it is because we've assimilated to the society. What else are we going to do? We are American. You know, regardless of however long our ancestors, you know, however long ago that was, we have assimilated to it and we view power or supremacy. It's like we want to mimic white right. supremacy. What brought us here? And it's like, I don't see how you can't see outside of that. Like, it's people I've dealt with in PG County, um, my landlord right now, and I don't care <laughs> how this air, me fighting this black man, when I'm telling people I'm fighting somebody they automatically say, "Is that is that was that was a white man he's fighting? No, it's a chocolate man. <laughs> like how you acting like how you acting like the slave owner? I, I don't understand. I I know. <laughs> it's like the more I live, I'm just like what. And then even the previous owner, I even wrote a book. I got a whole book. The previous owner, this lady was in the board of uh, uh, economic development in PG County. I didn't even say her name, and right. she was a nasty witch." And she was doing all types of stuff to me. Yes, she was. She, I wish, oh, Lord, I want to say her name so bad. But she was doing all types of stuff to me. And um, they was covering her. And everybody kept saying, that's a white woman? This is a black woman. <laughs> like, like, this is crazy to me how we have adopted white supremacy. And don't even see it. Like, that lady right now on TikTok, she, she's sitting there doing darn it for, for TikTok likes. Like, what? Right. What? Right. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, right, listen. You saw the real video, right? What happened? You saw. What no, happened. I didn't see. She took the, it off. I, I mean, the video that that we sent you. Uh, uh, well, you we need to send you the video then of what happened. Okay. Uh, Please. Uh, and I need you to. You probably want to post that. Uh, okay. The video of what happened before I walked over to them and started recording. Right. Right. They were walking around the parking lot screaming my name. He watches a murderer. Of so the voters were like, what? And, and so people came and got me, right? Because I had went inside the building. And then when I came back out, they were on a blowhorn, screaming it to voters and other people. And so, you know, it was a little uncomfortable and, and kind of embarrassing. And, and I think I think that uh, we should recognize those kind of tactics, right? Divide and conquer. Oh, no, because we recognize it, though. We don't, I'm, people don't recognize that. <laughs> Listen, I'm snapping at my opponent's heels, right? <laughs> We're trying to beat him. He's been in office right. 41 years, Steny Hoyer, right? And this this district can, uh, in the Democratic Party is 85% African-American. And right. we've never had black representation in this office. 85%. Okay. So I'm the first man in 42 years that's challenging him as a black, you know, as as as, as a representative of the people, right? And the demographics, the demographics change and so we need to change our understanding of what's possible in our lives and let our children and grandchildren see people that look like them in positions of power and authority and unafraid and gonna stand up for what's right and do what's right right and fight for the causes we believe in and we don't need to go through anybody else when we're 85 percent of the population now this guy's 83 years old 83 years and he lived 90 miles from here because this district consists of five counties and three million people Right, Charles right. County, Anne Arundel County, Calvert County, St. Mary's, and half of Prince George's County. So oh, so it's combined. It's like it ain't just PG. No, no, it's this district is five counties and three million people. So now, my point is, is that our vote 
carries the Democratic uh, primary went to victory. And okay. Mr. Horton has been that person for 42 years. But he wow. in St. Mary's County, but all his votes come out of PG County. You know, so that's that's the problem that it is what people call this plantation mentality, right? Listen, not talk back to me now. Listen, I'm telling you what it is. Right. Because, be, listen, you can't go anywhere in America, right? And find, and I don't mean to make, make it a racist, but I'm going to say what it is. Listen, and find 80% of saying white people. Right, that's gonna vote for a black candidate that live 90 miles from them, right? And, and, right. and you know, and then keep him in office for 42 years, right? Representing them, you know, that just doesn't happen, right? And so, our issue uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Wilbur Wilson, he's uh written a book, and uh, we're gonna uh, 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 and he's been fighting in Prince George's County for 50 years for fairness okay. and equity and uh, opportunity in this county for African Americans, right. And um, the um, book uh, I'm gonna post it on our website. It's called okay. the power. That, it's called the power that never came. The, the story of Prince George's County for African Americans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that that's significant when you think about that. The power that never came in Prince George's County. The story I, of African Americans. Yeah, and because you, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah, because I, I hear these stories a lot, like what you're saying. Like I grew up in PG County, okay. so um, I what you're saying resonates with me now. But all the stuff that even uh, my mom had to fight for, you know, with right. certain things and um, in the school system and with the, you know, the parents, you know, and everything like that. Everything you're saying does resonate with me, and I do um, understand what you're saying. But the whole thing about that plantation mentality, how the heck we supposed to get past that? Because very difficult you know what i'm saying like how you convince people like what uh first of all to not automatically jump and believe what somebody say as opposed to just researching first number one and then number two once you get in that position of power to not go into that ridiculousness you know what i'm saying and mimic massa i, I don't even know how to say it nice Listen. but <laughs> Listen. Uh, 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 i i think primarily if it's in you it's in you Okay. If it ain't in you, you can see it. And we vote for people, and you know if it's in them to fight on your behalf. That's right? true. I'm a country boy born, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Texas, right? Been up here for almost 35 years in Prince George County, right? Now, served up 22 years in the Army, 17 years on the police department, deputy director of Homeland Security, right? Homeless as a child, right? But I have I own a home, right? High school dropout. But I have college degrees, right? I was enlisted in the army, but I retired as an officer, right? Uh, I've saved lives, and unfortunately, at some point in my life, I had to do the opposite, right? My point is, I've lived every life a person could live, and been and and, and been you know fairly successful in everything I've ever done, right? Because of my tenacity and my belief, and I'm not afraid to do what's required in order to bring about a, a desired result for myself and my family, right? right? That I don't need anybody's. Uh, 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 I'm not anybody's boy, right? Now we're grown, we're grown men and we're grown women. We got to start acting like it. We're intelligent men and women. We got to start voting like it. We got to start voting our interests. We got to start voting for people that we know gonna fight for us and speak about fighting for us. See, you never hear a politician, the people you vote for, speak like they say, "I'm gonna fight for you." No, they say, "Can I have your support?" And then when they get in there, you know what that really means, right? right. If they're going to roll over because they want to be accepted. They want to be right. accepted. You see, now Af African, Af you know, black people in Europe, they don't want to be accepted. They want to be empowered. Okay. We here in America, we just want to be accepted, right, by the power. Yeah, structure. I noticed big that. Difference. Big difference. And so my, my issue is that you know if you ain't accepted us in 400 years, we wouldn't make them think they're gonna accept you tomorrow, and they're gonna and hand some of you to be the uh, uh, front man, all right, a front woman. But yes. you know that's not for them. That's they gonna the masses still suffer. The masses right. of our people suffer poverty. They're disenfranchised. They can't get loans from the Small Business Administration or from the local bank. They can't get student loans, home loans, 
car loans, business loans. You can't build wealth in America without getting access to capital, right? right. That's critical. As a congressman, I'm going to make sure you get access to federal grants, right? Federal grants, you ain't got to pay back, right? That's what changes lives. As a congressman, I'm going to make sure our children get access to federal scholarships. The Department of Defense gives out nearly 30,000 scholarships a year, full-ride academic four-year scholarships. Huh? You don't hear these people talking about bringing that money back to you and them opportunities back to you. Right. You've got a man representing 85% of black people for 42 years. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he give them you know, a hot dog and some baked beans and some potato salad. And, 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 and uh, they feel obliged to vote for him, right? Not, not the hot dogs, though. Look, not yeah. the hot dogs and the baked beans. Roast. Though. He has an annual bull roast, and they pay forty dollars <laughs> in to, to, buy, to buy his hot dogs. And oh, wait. <laughs> you were serious? You were being liberal. I mean, you bull roast. Wow. And, so, <laughs> and you and it's full of our people there. Uh, 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 even our seen our elders, our people are supposed to be right, the most wisest, experienced people in our community, out there eating hot dogs and hamburgers and, and skinning and grinning and laughing when ain't nothing funny and scratching where they don't itch. I'm gonna say what I mean to say. I'm gonna oh gosh! <laughs> and I'm telling you, our people. Got, listen, we got to win this thing Tuesday. You put this, okay. Ms. Williams, Miss Williams. We are going to fight for what we believe, right? Now we've been uh, 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 we've done more and collected less than any group of people stand up in America today. No one can deny that. The first thing I'm gonna do when I get up there, I'm gonna sponsor legislation to impeach the four Supreme Court justices who uh, overturned Roe v. Wade because when they testified under oath, they said that Roe v. Wade was settled law, right? And as soon as they got confirmed, as soon as they got that job. They went behind closed doors and they conspired and did overturn what they considered and said was settled law. Now that's called perjury under oath. That's called perjury. And so the constitution allows me as a congressman to push legislation, to sponsor it, to impeach them, to have them removed as a federal judge. And so what you're gonna see is a firestorm. As soon as I get up there, we ain't playing the same old game, right? That now, that firestorm is going to consist of, hey, who's this black congressman from Prince George's County up there on Capitol Hill raising hell? And people are going to say, that's our congressman, Keith Washington. <laughs> <laughs> He's not playing around with injustice. He's not, because I suffered it myself. 13 right. and a half years in prison as an innocent man. And everybody knew it. And people stood around scared to act on, on my behalf. And they're scared to act on your behalf. If they know it and they're scared to act on your behalf, why should they be in government? But and that's so true. And that goes hand in hand with what you were saying in regards to being accepted. A lot of people are scared of being rejected by their own community. And I don't think it's just us. I watch that down here. I live in Calvary right now. So okay. when I was oh yeah. oh yeah. So when I was going up against these uh uh white supremacists, to be quite honest, um, I noticed that the poor, I live on the poor end near Solomon's, they um they was pressed to be accepted too. They didn't know how to fight their own white people in leadership. So they just surrendered and like, okay, well, he said we couldn't do this. And I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? You know, so I'm sitting there, got my nerve covered up, Muslim, black, from PG County. Look, I had him under state and federal investigation, and I was alone. Like, it was just us in the household that was supporting each other. But I noticed how nobody, everybody, that's when you see everybody just, go away and they they just like what you just said they knew what was going on was wrong with you but they just was like i can't do nothing you know what i'm saying it's not my problem and sad to say that's the american way it's it's a cowardice way i was lighting all these people up i ain't had no respect for them and and the most disgusting part about it all was after it's all was said and done and then federal and state forced their hand and made them they was the 90s children due process they was uh, punishing them before they even heard their side of the story, black and white. And um, by the time we got to the end of it, then when Master said it was okay, the superintendent, look, my husband laughing. The, <laughs> the superintendent, then he gonna say it's okay. Then the black people in leadership that's up in the county, oh, well, let's sit down. What'd you say was wrong? Which I don't already help myself now. <laughs> I mean, what in the world? But that's, I learned 
I, I don't know that that's government, local government, federal government, state government, and that's what you see. And I'm glad you honest and busting wide open like what you're saying. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. It's not the United States of America. Mm -hmm. It's the United Counties of America. You mm. see, Maryland, Maryland is a very small state. Maryland has 23 counties, right? Mm -hmm. Georgia has 169 counties. Mm -hmm. Texas has over 250 counties. So what happens in these individual counties, there's over 3,000 individual counties in America. That means there's only there's over 3,000 individual courthouses in that county, right? That county courthouse wields tremendous power over the population, right? So you have five or six families typically run a county for for in terms of legacy wealth, opportunity, you know, uh, controlling the land issues, the banking issues, you know, in over 3,000 counties in America, right? So the state is supposed to oversee the, the, the conduct of people at the county level. That rarely happens, especially when we're the victims of any misgivings by that local county government agency, whether it be the county sheriff or the county prosecutor or judges or what have you, right? And those banks, uh, uh, you can't build wealth in America without access to capital, right? And so take Prince George's County, for instance, $5 billion uh, in tax revenue. Right. We have bankers lined up from Bank of America, Chevy Chase, Wells Fargo, MBNT. Pick a bank. They lined up to get that $5 billion in deposit in, in taxes deposited into their bank from, the, from this locally elected official. That's tremendous power in terms of creating wealth for people at the banks who own and run and operate the banks and who are stockholders. Right? Right. So now they take your money and then they buy. Uh, you know, stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, diamonds, oil, you know, other co other commodities, zinc, uranium, cobalt, you name it, all over the world. And they make tremendous profits off that. But they only pay you 1% for having a savings account or a checking account. But they made 20% off your money. By law, they could take 90% of your deposit and invest it. They have to keep 10% of your deposits on hand. So if you got a, so you got $10,000 in the bank, in the savings account. You really got a debit for ten thousand. Nine thousand went out the back door into into the bank's investment portfolio. Mm. You see, now if you can come in, you can get your ten thousand back, and they give it to you. You know, fine. You now you got a, a, a account balance of zero, but they invest right. ninety percent of the money deposited into the bank by, by law. They can invest it for their own uh, profits, which, which mm -hmm. is which causes the bank stocks to go up, and uh, you know a few other things. So people don't really know how government works, how private industry works, and how we've been. Uh, as African-Americans, you see, we're the ones who prop up the system in any business, no matter what you do, even with slavery, in any business, the number one cost of the business owner is labor costs. Right. So slavery went, home, went on for 250 some years. What, what was the labor cost? Zero. <laughs> so if I work you for a week, you work for me, Mr. Williams, I work you for a week and I don't pay you. I made some money as the owner. Right. Now, say I work, say I work you for a month and didn't pay you. I really got to keep some money, and you right. did all the work. Now, say I didn't work you for a week or a month, but say I work you for three hundred years and didn't pay you. <laughs> I really right. created a bunch of wealth for myself. So right. now, and then finally, say I don't work you, but I work twenty million people that look like you for three hundred years. Think how much wealth I created for me and mine. Right. So the system historically uh, uh, has used African-Americans to prop up the wealthiest country known to mankind ever. And we're still giving away our vote. Like my opponent for 42 years, uh, he's sitting here, you know, in a, in a, in a district that's in 85% of the African-American vote comes out of the Democratic Party and gets elected. But he lives 90 miles away from this county, you know, on the, and uh, uh, he's benefited tremendously, like many others have historically in this country, off of not just the vote of African-Americans, but the naivete and uh, them not being aware of who they really are as a people. Right. Everybody else votes their interests. African, we vote our feelings. Right. <laughs> Big difference. Big I agree. Difference. And people. You schooling me. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you a thousand things about this country and about, you know, life in general, because I lived it and I experienced it firsthand. 
and uh, I don't forget it. And I, I, you know, and I, you know, uh, some of it is dis, uh, displeasing and distressing, but it has to be said. And because, you know, we need to show examples uh, of our children having opportunities and seeing people that look like them, right, in positions of power and authority and being able to control their own destiny and not be beholden to anyone or anybody when you don't have to be, when you don't have to be. And, and so that's it. And uh, I've, I've, you know, obviously, the, you know, they're going to come after me and attack me. And they have. I've had 15 right. or 20 of my signs torn down all over Charles County, all over Prince George, all over, you know, Anne Arundel and, and, and Calvert. The big signs that torn down and cut down. Right. And now I have right. a lady come up to me that I don't even know uh, 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 on a blow horn walking around the parking lot. You know, so, 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 you know, it's not by coincidence. You know, we know we know what the strategy is to the, the, uh, divide and conquer. Right. But we're not going right. to play that game. We're not going to play that game. Uh, we're going to keep on message. And, uh, you know, throughout our history, uh, a lot of us, uh, Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. Mm -hmm. And James Baldwin talked about the fire next time. Right. And uh, 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 Shirley Chisholm said, I'm unbought, unbossed. Right. Uh, and and uh, Malcolm said, by any means necessary. So we can go on and on about the history of our people and the struggles we've endured, but we're going to fight the good fight and stay above board. And, uh, you know, and when we win, it's going to be a great day for all of us. Yes. Because we're going to make significant change and uh, uh, we're going to have transparency and accountability. Now, when people have transparency, then what you have is an informed electorate. And our people typically don't have transparency. They like they know our people like to gossip, right? So they spread rumors among our people to vilify us. <laughs> and it's effective. It is it is proven to be very effective. But you have to say, hey, let me talk to the 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 so-called reasonable, knowledgeable, informed uh, 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 voter, right? And then they say, okay, I can see through that. I've, I've experienced it because a lot of us experience it on our job. So the same thing you experienced on your job, somebody else experienced it. They got, you know, passed over for promotions and discriminated against. They were the last hired and the first fired. And, uh, uh, you know, they they got to pay their bills. Gasoline, $5 a gallon, you know, uh, uh, yeah. cost of living high. We try to get a livable wage passed. We try to make sure that uh, people register to get these guns. They let people get automatic weapons without background checks. And they talk about, Keith, you against, you know, uh, our right to carry firearms in the Second Amendment. I said, no, I'm for responsible gun, gun ownership. I served up 20 years in the Army. I can tell you about gun ownership, brother. I can tell you that uh, uh, background checks save lives. Now, my opponent is against that. Then him and I disagree on that issue, right? So the voters right. should decide. The voters say, well, Keith, we agree with you, right? Because in 1968, mm -hmm. Congress passed a federal law requiring all car manufacturers to install seat belts in the cars mm -hmm. because through science and data, they found that that saved lives, right? Save lives through right. science and data. Well, background checks save lives because if a person has some kind of mental health issue or they're threatening people online, they're going to go shoot up a school or a mosque or the Walmart, you know, and there's no, and they can walk into a gun show and buy five or 10 or 20 guns and, and, and kill 10 people in five seconds. You know, those semi-automatic weapons. Yeah, like so the one recently, whoever that was. I can't think in, of... Uvalde. No, in that's Uvalde. Uvalde. It was another one. The the guy who the father's in trouble now because he just... Uh, I think it, it, it was a uh, 4th of July, that one. You have, you, that one. Because yeah, Uvalde have, was um, Texas. Right, but this 4th of July one. You had Buffalo, New York. You had Highland Park. You know... Uh, uh, you had many, many mass shootings, right? And people say, well, we don't want to talk about, you know, background checks now. It's not the time for that. Well, that's a talking point. And so another one will happen and another one will happen and another one will happen, right? And and so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of issues at the federal level that we can change and you know, we can, we can you, you can't, listen, you can't change something unless you first do something. Right, and, and everybody, a lot of people are gonna go against you initially, anyway. 
You know, just like um, when you look at documentaries on um, a lot of people, like, for example, King, Martin Luther King, where he was viewed upon as being a terrorist. And then now it's like, oh, you know, look at all the wonderful things he's done now. Let's so Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Listen, listen. If you looked at Dr. King as a terrorist, think about how King George looked at George Washington and the mm -hmm. people who fought against England, right, to, to establish this country. Was George mm -hmm. Washington a terrorist? Huh? Was, yeah, was I think so. John, John Adams, that's my point. My point is, on King George's point of view, George Washington was a terrorist fighting against his army, the Redcoats, and this American colony that he had established through, you know, means that we now know to have been barbaric and, and almost and all but destroyed the Native American population, right? All but destroyed, you know? So, I mean, clearly, you know, they think might makes right, right? And so now, you know, we think that the rule of law should be obeyed and followed. And when they violate the rule of law, there sometimes there's rarely consequences. And you see right. it all the time. You see it all the time. And as I a know. man spends spend his life, you know, jumping out of airplanes, you know, <laughs> hey, I got a different point of view. Right. I Especially, and I did want to mention this too. Like when I was watching the documentary, if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, the reason why Georgetown ended up adopting it. It had to do with a lot with your wife that kept fighting while you was in jail. Right, right, right. right. That's beautiful. I'm Listen. telling you, when I when I saw that, I said, "Man, <laughs> look, I feel like myself." Is that that gonna show me me? Like, uh, uh. Because when it was a quote, let me. I even wrote that down. When um your daughter says something and your wife is oh no your daughter said we told the truth and dad still didn't come home so it's like that gotta be hard to explain that to a child because it goes in contrast to what we learn in the public school system oh you know America's fair America's just America's better than all these other countries and you know we're not a third world nation but in essence she watched somebody who had a wonderful background because you sat there was in the military you served your country and then you told the truth. And then it's like the country is like F you, <laughs> you know, and well, that, you know, yeah. to, to, to have a wife that still was like, nah, we're going to keep going. That's beautiful. My, I, my, wife, my wife is our family backbone. I'm just a face. Right. But it is my wife. Right. And her courage and her tenacity and that she was born for any fight you bring her away and she is not going to give up and was right is right and what's wrong is wrong and she gonna let you know and she ain't gonna take one step backwards and my oh, wife question too go ahead no nah, i said my wife's the best thing ever happened to me oh yeah i can tell because <laughs> you could just tell as soon as your daughter starts talking i was like oh <laughs> she's just sweet as i was like oh my gosh like beautiful family my question is um, because we were talking about laws in regards to how um Maryland does it not have a self-defense law. Like that's something I learned when I was in the handgun class. So where these guys who are gun toting down here, honey, they was like they're trying to infringe on our rights and this and that. They said if you ever shoot an intruder, they already had it lined up to where we had like a thing where we could call a lawyer and all that. And I'm like, what is it with self-defense in Maryland? And can you change that? Or does it have to be, is that a state thing? Or is that um, federal? Explain it to somebody who's like, not really knowing like me. What will I do if somebody comes to my house, I shoot them in self-defense because they, let's say, is attacking my husband, you know, or whatever. I could be facing what you went through. Yeah, yeah. The law, the law is subjective, right? You can have the same scenario happen in Calvert County and homeowner not going to be prosecuted. Yeah, I agree. Right? Especially <laughs> that homeowner's wife. Right? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? The law is subjective. Now, there's the Supreme Court has what's called the Castle Doctrine, meaning in your house as a homeowner, you have no duty to retreat, that you can stand and fight in your house and you have not violated any law. Now, the lawyer that you hires, that you hire, is supposed to present that as part of his uh, oath to, to provide a vigorous defense of you, if it comes to that. My lawyer did not. Vincent Cohen, that's his name, black lawyer out of D.C., Vincent Cohen. 
I would tell anybody not, not, you know, not to fool with him, right? Wow. I tell you that because he did not do what he was supposed to do, right? Yeah. And he lost a winnable case when we had all the evidence. Right. And in fact, the prosecutors were hiding evidence and lying about evidence, and he was aware of it. Or the law says he should have been aware of it. But it's clear that if, if you read all the evidence on the website, for him not to be aware of that, that means he didn't do his job as a lawyer. Now, wow. the, castle doctrine, the castle doctrine is pretty simple. Read it. Google it. Google the castle doctrine, how it reads. That as a homeowner, you don't have a duty to retreat. And any right. man or woman has a right to self-defense, right? A jury, when that is properly presented to a jury of your peer, so-called peers, then common sense and reasonable doubt should be the first thing that pops to their mind. Because wouldn't you do the same thing in your house? Right. So why are we here charging this man with a crime in his own house against complete strangers, right? Who right. did not work? Who did not? Work. If you read the documents on that on on, on a website that Georgetown put up, you will find that those guys did not work for the moving company. That Robert White, specifically a registered sex offender, that had, was on cocaine when he entered my home, right? Had been arrested over twenty five times. Wow. Seven. You 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 just you just named off his convictions. You know, they lied about all of that. Now, my lawyer was supposed to fight vigorously and bring that out, right? And didn't. And and he, you know, was a, he he did a terrible job. Let me say that. Oh, I would not have gone to prison. Yeah. That's, the evidence speaks for itself, right? And I said that. I said and that. So, and so now the newspaper, because they say, well, Keith Washington been fighting a long time, you know, to bring about fairness and equity in this county, and and now we think, you know, that we can railroad him you know, uh, on this, on this mishap that happened in right. his home. And so that's exactly what happened. And right. so, uh, uh, but people who can read can go to this website right now and I, <laughs> I tell you to post it, go ahead and post it on your TikTok. you know, Keith Washington story, how this man had 13 and a half years of his life stolen. And, oh, uh, and it's so, no question, sir. I will. It's no question tonight. You hear me? Tonight, okay. I'm sitting there right down the time period. I'm about to clip out and all that because let me tell you something. Like I said, I went through some stuff with the um the um, court system, and my lawyer, because my husband um helped me in regards to understanding how to write motions and all different kind of stuff. Right. I was presenting the case law. I didn't, and I was writing the motions. I didn't give an F that I hired her or not. It was, excuse me, and, and you just show up. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't trust her because it was like she kept telling me to settle. Now, I was in a custody case with a third-party grandparents, and I kept saying, why was she telling me to settle as if I'm incompetent? I got remarried, had a hold up child, but like my husband said, they work together. They all, they go to lunch together. You They're know not, what I'm saying? Right. You're preaching to the choir, and I, and I would challenge you to do one more thing. Look, okay. the state's attorney, the current state's attorney, Aisha Brayboy, she has the case on her desk with the same facts that you and I know and everybody else knows, right? And so she's sitting on it. And so I would challenge the people who listen to your podcast to call okay. her office and say, why haven't you taken action in the Keith Washington case? Say her name again. Say it one I more time. Aisha uh -huh. Brayboy, B-R-A-V-E-B-O-Y. She's a state's attorney for Prince George's County. Okay. And call her office, bombard her office, and say, why haven't you taken action in this case as a black woman who's duly elected to do justice? Well, we already know why. Well, I mean, but, but I will be right. Look, yes. I, I'll give you my word because I write yes. me some emails, honey. I sure will. <laughs> Look, I had a state's attorney phone me when I was fighting these psychos down here. It was so hilarious. My client, right. Debbie, I'm on the phone. I'm a hairdresser. So I'm right. on the phone talking to this lady, and she's sitting there like crying. I don't even know her. She's talking about, you know, what she going through with the white supremacists that she got to work for. Here go my client. Who was that on the phone? Because this right. is my time. I swear to God, it was just like that. It forced me to hang up on this uh, state's attorney in Calvert County, you know? So I know right. it's not my fault that you weak. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't care. <laughs> it is that's right. just what it is. You weak and you're cowardly and you're scared of being turned against because you actually care what everybody thinks when you come to work every day. 
And I, I get you got to be a strong person to walk into a room and know can't nobody stand you and still be like, I don't care. That takes a lot. <laughs> but I think you just got to have experiences to get to that point. And, you know, I'm there. That's why I was like, yeah, I'm about to. <laughs> I totally understand what you're saying, sir. Believe me. <laughs> look, our people, specifically African-American people, right? We're used to being sheep. Uh, and then the wolf comes along and devours us at will. I'm a sheep dog. I'm not scared of the wolf, right? So I'll challenge the wolf anywhere I find him and see him. And, and so to protect the people and their interests and make sure they have, uh, as the Constitution said, life, liberty, justice, and the pursuit of happiness. And the pursuit of happiness, yes. So oh my whatever goodness. your happiness is, right? We're going to make sure that you and your family uh, can pursue it how you want to, free from hurt, harm, or danger, right? And so I want to thank you, Miss Williams, for having me. I do. Thank you. I, I appreciate you coming on. This this made my whole, like, this made my whole year because the fact that you even called me back, I said, oh, my God, why he called me back? I cannot believe this. <laughs> I just, I feel so honored because you know, I really love this. So before we exit out, I want you to say your website one more time. Okay. <laughs> so where everybody can find your story and everything else, and then we'll exit out. <laughs> okay. The website is oneinnocentman.org. O-N-E-I-N-N-O-C-E-N-T-M-A-N. Oneinnocentman.org. The Keith Washington story, right? About how he was railroaded into prison in Prince George's County for 13 and a half years. And now he's out running for Congress and he plans okay. on winning and he plans on winning and all of us, right? Not some of us, all of us going to, going to enjoy and get opportunities to fight for what we believe. And all you got to do is call me and say, Keith, I got a problem. I'm going to come running. And if you don't call me, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, everybody, please do not forget. You can catch more episodes on just by all streaming platforms by going straight to the research departments with an s.com don't forget 12 p.m daily we have my two cents with technology for seniors 4 p.m uh eastern is for the entrepreneurs and 6 a.m mondays is the morning crew with everybody so don't forget if you want to collaborate if you want to make a comment about this episode or any episode go straight to that website like i said and everybody have a wonderful day on purpose <laughs>